Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. And what a week of action we've got on tap this weekend as the world of college football winds into the second half of the season and setting the table for what might be college football hopes entering the college football playoffs. Victor, it was quite a week in the world of college football last week. How was your weekend last week? Very good, Mark. That game we talked about had one heck of a finish, that Michigan State-Michigan game. Unbelievable finish. October Rama, your package of preferred pick selections in the month of October, also had a nice profitable weekend for the third week in a row. I see you've, you've gone 12-2-1 thus far in the October Rama package, so let's see if we can keep that going for the final two weekends of the month. And in college football, we're roughly at the halfway point of the season, Mark. Six teams are receiving first-place votes in the AP poll. That's a lot. In fact, it's the most in a long time, and I think we should focus our uh, early college football segment on those teams. Yeah, kudos to those football teams that are undefeated at this stage of the season. And as we talk about in the Playbook newsletter, it's also being the second half of the season time for the noose to start getting tighter and tighter on these undefeated football teams. And we'll elaborate on that a little bit later on in the shows as we get nearer and nearer the end of the football season. But it is that time right now where these football teams undefeated, especially when they go on the road, they feel the pressure and that noose gets tighter and tighter. Taking a look at the top 25 football teams, uh, and I also want to mention this at cbfmatrix.com. They have a CF, I should say CFBmatrix.com. They have a CFB analytics poll of handicappers and news media people. And uh, I've submitted my poll. And number one, once again, in my poll this week was the Baylor Bearers, who I've had number one in the poll since the onset of that particular poll. And breaking things down a little bit, Victor, here, and a tally of the top 25 teams from the Coaches USA poll. The Southeast Conference leads the leads the way once again with six teams inside the top 25. I've got four from the Big Ten, four from the Big 12, three from the Pac-12, the ACC, and the AAC, surprisingly, along with one independent and one MAC conference team. Victor, your take on these teams now residing in the top 25 poll. Well, the teams that were dropped from the rankings because of losses last week, UCLA, Northwestern, and Boise State, the new teams, we talked about them last week, Memphis from the AEC, Temple from the AAC, and also Pittsburgh from the ACC Conference, the new teams in the top 25. Very interesting to see this uh, newer AAC Conference with three undefeated teams and three teams in the top 25 as well. And in terms of first-place votes, uh, again, as I mentioned, six teams were receiving first-place votes. It's the widest distribution of first-place votes in the Week 8 AP poll in a quarter century. The last time was way back in 1990, and that was basically a season of uh, what we consider to be epic chaos that actually ended up in a national title split between 11-1-1 Colorado and 11-0-1 Georgia Tech. But your first place votes, Ohio State, they got 28 of them, the defending champions. They actually began the season with all of the first place votes, and that's the first time that's happened in the preseason poll. But they've been giving them back ever since, dropping as low as 27 first place votes last week. They've rarely impressed, but they've never lost. And they may be off their best game of the season in suffocating Penn State last week, 38-10. to 10. And not coincidentally, Mark, quarterback J.T. Barrett saw his most extensive action in a month, throwing for two touchdowns and running for two more. If you remember, at the very beginning of the season, I talked about the Buckeyes being a very great over team last year. 12 out of their 15 games went over the total. And that was with J.T. Barrett at quarterback. So with him back in the fold, back starting for the Buckeyes, I think you're going to see the Buckeyes 
with more overs than unders here in the second half of the regular season. Uh, of course, their big challenge is going to be that two-week closing gauntlet of Michigan State at home and Michigan on the road to end the season. As you mentioned, the Ohio State Buckeyes, the defending national champions, still currently sitting number one in the polls, despite the slow, disappointing start, per se, that they've got, albeit, as you mentioned also, Victor, that the fact they are undefeated, and they will close out the season with two salty games, those being that Michigan State-Michigan football affairs, a little bit of clear sailing for Ohio State from here until then. I think what intrigues me the most, Victor, amongst these teams that are in the top 25 polls, the undefeated teams, is the race for the Big 12 title. You've got the T- the Baylor and the TCUs just going toe-to-toe, just like two 15-round heavyweights slugging it out week after week. And that's not to mention Oklahoma, who picked themselves back up off the mat in impressive fashion last week when they embarrassed Kansas State 55 to nothing. Victor, your take, what do you think? Do you feel there's a team in the Big 12 conference that will eventually overtake Ohio State and end up being number one by season's end? It's certainly not going to come out of the Pac-12 conference, although Utah keeps their glimmering hopes alive. What's your take on the Big 12 conference and where they stand in the polls? You know, they didn't get a team in the Final Four last year. It appears that this is going to be the year, and it's basically a two-horse race anyway between those two teams. The Bears started out number four in the preseason polls. They've improved to to their current uh, position of number two. They do lead the nation in total offense, scoring offense, and yards per play, and are, in fact, on a record-setting pace in all three categories. The critics would say that they have a... uh, Sorry, strength of schedule. I don't know if I would go that far. But, heck, when you're averaging 62 points per game, uh, you can you can give up a few more points on defense. The hard mm-hmm. part's going to be lying ahead for them. In uh, mid to late November, they're going to have a three-game stretch in 13 days against current-ranked opponents who have a total of only one loss, and that's going to be Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and TCU. That's going to determine Baylor's season there in mid to late November. Yeah, these teams inside the Big 12 Conference, their strength of schedule will toughen up, like you say, Victor, once they go toe-to-toe with the other top-ranked teams in the Big 12 Conference, and that's just around the corner here in the second half of the football season. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Let's shift things over to the National Football League side of things, where much like college football talking about undefeated teams, Victor, we're finding five teams that are undefeated at this stage of the National Football League season. Your take on these five undefeated teams in the NFL as we enter into this week's action. Right. Five teams already undefeated in the NFL, and this is the first time that there have been so many undefeated teams in week seven of the season since the merger way back in 1970. Those, of course, five teams being Cincinnati, Denver, Green Bay, all three at 6-0, Carolina and New England at 5-0. Interesting thing is uh, that regardless of what happens this week, Mark, we're going to have at least still three more undefeated teams as Cincinnati, Denver, and Green Bay are all taking the week off with their bye week. The thing that I noticed that these five undefeated teams have in common. They're all ranked in the top 10 in overall scoring defense on the season. Number three, scoring defense, Green Bay Packers allowing only 16.8 points per game. Number four, scoring defense, Denver at 17 points per game allowed. Number seven is the Carolina Panthers allowing 18.8 points per game. Number nine, Cincinnati allowing 20.3 points per game. And even New England at number 10 in scoring defense, allowing 20.6. That's what I take away from those five undefeateds, Mark. Good defense. Yeah, real good defense. And we know all about defense and how far it takes teams into the Super Bowl. We find a majority, I mean a vast majority of teams that make it to the Super Bowl are top 10 ranked defenses inside the National Football League. Another thing I find in common, Victor, with these five undefeated teams is the fact that if you tear down their schedules – They've really faced very soft schedules along the way. Carolina Panthers, 5-0 on the season. Their opponents, 9-20 collectively this year. Cincinnati Bengals, 6-0 this season. Their opponents, 11-24 on the year. The Denver Broncos, 6-0. Their opponents, 10-25. The Green Bay Packers, 6-0. Their opponents, also 10-25. And the New England Patriots, 5-0 on the year. 
their opponents 13 and 16. And in fact, if you go inside those opponents, you'll find that three of those teams, Carolina, Cincinnati, and Green Bay, have not beat a team that has a winning record at this stage of the season. Denver has only one win against a winning team. That's against the 3-2 and two Minnesota Vikings. And the New England Patriots also have only one win against a winning team. That's against the 4-2 and two Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll keep an eye on these undefeated football teams and see how long this lasts. I don't really see it lasting all that long, as Victor mentioned here. First time ever in the National Football League we've seen this many undefeated teams at this stage of the season. And if they fall by the wayside, it'll likely happen to a winning football team. So get out your playbook preseason football magazines, check out their schedules and find out where you think these teams will end up meeting their Waterloo, taking their first defeat. It will happen sooner than later. I can promise you that. Victor, also on the National Football League side of things last week, I know you you noted in the totals tip sheet this week that it was the highest scoring week of the season last week in the National Football League. How are things shaking out this week as far as scoring over-unders go in the NFL this season? That's uh, indeed correct. Nine overs and five unders last week. The average line, 45.3. Average combined points per game was 49. So after six weeks, NFL games have gone 48, 42, and one. That's 48 overs, 42 unders on the season. The week last week is kind of interesting because it, it began and finished with bookend unders, and it had a tremendous amount of overs on Sunday of course, it started with a slim Thursday night under in the Saints and the Falcons game, and it concluded with a Monday night under in the Giants and Eagles game. Two outcomes that I'm assuming were very, very good for the books, as most of the fans out there love playing those nighttime primetime games over the total. But it was on Sunday in which the NFL games went 9-3 and three over under overall, and the average OU margin in those Sunday games was almost a full touchdown at plus 5.4 points per game. The scoreboard has been pretty well lit here, especially of late in the National Football League. I, and I encourage your listeners out there to take advantage of Victor King's totals tip sheet, having an excellent season once again this year, 66% winners on the year overall. You can download a copy of the totals tip sheet online at playbook.com this weekend. Also, Victor, I'd be remiss before we go to break here. If I did mention to you that I once again used the Kings Fab Five teams in the DraftKings Daily Fantasy NFL games on Sunday, and I once again cashed a winning ticket, a tip of the hat to you on your Fab Five teams that you offer the site each week. Thank you, Mark. Uh, very, very much. Uh, the winning lineup in the Millionaire Maker Tournament, the guy who brought home the big-time cash had a under-the-radar quarterback who was lightly owned that figured to break out against an accommodating defense. And this was also the quarterback that I used in the Millionaire Maker. It makes me feel good about my selection. That quarterback was Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. Of course, he had been underachieving basically all season long, but had a fantastic matchup on paper at home against the Chicago Bears. And he was only uh, 4.6% owned in the Millionaire Maker Tournament finished with 38 points. He was the quarterback to own in that tournament. And in fact, I'll run through that millionaire maker tournament. Just, you can see which way you need to go. Uh, you got to take some risks. And this guy who did win the tournament, his running back was Chris Ivory, who had 31 points. His second running back was LeGarrette Blunt, who was only 14% owed and had 23 points. It was at the wide receiver position, which basically separated himself from everybody else in this tournament. And he had, uh, he started four wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins was basically a no brainer. And he was one of the most uh, popular wide receivers last week. 33% of the people in the millionaire maker tournament had Hopkins on their team. And he responded with a 39.8 outing. Calvin Johnson was another guy that you wanted to hook up with Matthew Stafford. You know, we talk about uh, hookups uh, in uh, in the daily fantasy and how important they are. And Stafford to Calvin Johnson definitely hooked up last week against the Bears. Calvin Johnson had 31.6 points per game. The two reaches where this guy really separated himself from the other people in the tournament were based on uh, late-breaking injury information. At the very last second, it was announced Alshon Jeffrey would start 
for the Bears, finally. This is his first start in about a month. He's been hurt. He was only 3.4% owned, and he responded with a 32-point outing in that same game against the Lions. So smart last-second start by him. And also, Steve Smith was on the injury report all week long for the Baltimore Ravens. It was announced early Sunday that he would indeed play against the 49ers. He was only 1.5% owned in the Millionaire Maker Tournament, responded with 30 points. So... Okay, here's what you want to look at this week. You've got to look at a lightly owned quarterback. You want to stack him with one or two of his best weapons. You want to think about some lightly owned running backs. And then you want to really excel at the wide receiver position and take a look at a couple of guys uh, in this guy's case, that uh, we're figuring to be very lightly owned because of injury information. But this guy finished with 263 points. He's a millionaire this week. And we'll be looking forward to playing the Millionaire Maker Tournament this week, Mark, at DraftKings. At DraftKings.com this weekend, get yourself lined up for the Millionaire Maker. And along the way, be sure to check out Victor King's Fab Five Teams that he'll post on the Playbook.com website on Sundays. In fact, it's actually posted on Thursdays inside the Daily Fantasy page inside the Playbook.com site. Check it out. The Fab Five Teams from Victor King this weekend. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our college football game of the week. We've got a dandy inside the Pac-12 conference. That to come and a whole lot more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we're set to go against the spread on this weekend's college and pro football cards. It's time for our college football game of the week. And with that, we're going to head out west inside the Pac-12 Conference when Southern Cal plays host to Utah in a football game that's very important to obviously both of these teams. Victor, your take on the Utes and the Trojans this weekend. I realize you get a couple of you know points at home in terms of the point spread, but it's still a little bit weird seeing an unranked team favored by what a field goal or more against a team who's ranked number three in the country in the Utah Utes, but that is the case this week. USC opened a three-point favorite. They're up to three and a half. In terms of the over-under line, it's working its way upward a little bit. It opened at 58 and as we speak uh, and as we record uh, the podcast here on Wednesday morning, it's up to 59 and a half. There's even a couple of 60s out there, and I'm going to kind of just follow the line move with interest myself. But at the point where I think it reaches its zenith is where I'm going to probably jump in and make a small little play on under the total when these two teams hook up on Saturday night at, what, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you know, I had a feeling that Utah was going to be good in 2015, but uh, not necessarily this good. They uh, put themselves on the map right out of the get-go with that opening week win over Michigan. And then, of course, going into Oregon and beating up on the Ducks by, what, 42 points in Oregon was one heck of an achievement at that time. Now, there's a little bit of luster off that because 
Well, let's face it. Didn't Washington State also go into Oregon and defeat the Ducks this year as well? So the luster is off that a little bit, but Utah definitely deserves a ranking at least in the top five for the season. Both teams come in at three and three over under on the year. For USC, their average line 61.3 and their average points 59.7. For the Utes, their average line this year has been 52.8 and the average score 56.0. In conference play, Utah's gone two and one with 62.6 points per game, which is right around this week's over-under line. And uh, USC comes in at one and two over-under in conference play this year. Uh, an average of 52.3 points per game. So we know Utah's got a pretty good defense. You can actually make a case that they have the number one defense in the Pac-12 conference. They've allowed only uh, 20.7 points per game on defense in conference play on the season. You know, on the flip side here, you mentioned in the Playbook newsletter, and I agree 100%, USC has struggled with starting center Max Turek out, and it looks like he is out for the year. So they have uh, struggled a little bit uh, on offense. Uh, In offense, ranked uh, number 14 uh, currently on the season at 516 yards per game. They're not going to be getting 500 against Utah this week. That is for sure. In terms of team trends, uh, it looks pretty good in terms of the under. Utah's gone 6-19 and 19 in their last 25 October games. That's six overs and 19 unders. They have gone 0-6 to the under after rushing for less than two, uh, 100 yards in their previous game. They've gone under the total 65% in their last 20 conference games. USC 17-35 and 35 over-under, playing off an ATS loss. They've gone 1-6 over-under in their last seven conference games. For me, sealing the deal, it's been a low-scoring series from a, um, a historical standpoint. Last year's game went under by a touchdown. The over-under line was 52, Utah won 24-21. In 2013, when they played, that game went under the total by 29 points. So three out of the last four meetings have gone under the total. Five out of the last six have gone under with an average of only 39.2 points per game. Uh, again, as I just uh, touched on, Mark, we're going to follow the line move with interest when it tops out around 61-62. We're going to make a nice little play on under as uh, USC will be hosting Utah on Saturday night. Victor King goes to the under in the Utah Southern Cal Pac-12 showdown game Saturday night. And taking a look at this big matchup here, we do find the number four ranked team in the country, Utah, as an underdog in the contest. And I agree with Victor, a little bit head-scratching to find them as the underdog here. But that's the weight that a name and reputation program like Southern Cal brings to the table each and every week, despite the the fact that their program is now under chaos at the moment here surrounding the head coaching situation. Utah comes into the football game having fared very well away from Salt Lake City. Go back the last two years and look at this football team when they've taken to the road. Nine times they're 8-1 and one straight up into the spread away from Salt Lake City. And in fact, over that same period of time, they've been an underdog six times. They've cashed five of those six times the last two years as underdogs, winning four of those games straight up. One of them as a 10-point dog at Oregon earlier this year when they crushed the Ducks 62-20. to What impresses me about Utah this football season, and I know I've taken shots at them in the playbook newsletter due to the fact that they were winning games a lot of times with smoke and mirrors being outstanded a lot in the past two and a half years, but not so much this year. They've really tightened the screws up on things defensively here. They've held their last three opponents to season low yards as Utah, a deserving top 10 ranked undefeated football team coming into this game. Southern Cal returns home off a hard-fought game against Notre Dame, their first game under their new head coach, their new interim head coach, I should say, in that contest here. The home team in the series has fared quite well, cashing all four times the last four times these two teams have met. Southern Cal themselves, in games after taking on the Irish, they've struggled. They've only won the money two of the last 11 times in games after facing Notre Dame. They're also just 3-7 and seven of the spread when they take on an undefeated team that has a record of 3-0 and or better on the football season here. I think the deciding factor for me in this game is a point that Victor touched on. Southern Cal did lose their starting center, Max Turek, out for the season here. He'll be You'll be watching him playing in the National Football League side of things. And we pointed this out in the newsletter here that Cody Kessler, 
one of the most promising quarterbacks in all of college football, has really excelled with Max Turek as a starting center. He has a touchdown-interception ratio of 54-6 to with Turek as a starting center. Without Turek, that touchdown-interception ratio drops to 2-4. and So obviously a big hole in the middle here for the Southern Cal offense. You couple that with the coaching situation now favored for the first time under an interim coach. I'm going to take the points with Utah for my side in this football game. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to touch on our National Football League game of the week, and we've got a dandy inside the AFC East division when the New York Jets take on the New England Patriots. We'll do that. We'll hop out to Las Vegas, check out the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco to find out what's going on in Vegas this weekend when we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL over-under trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we tear down our National Football League Game of the Week on our Against the Spread show this weekend. We're going to hop over to the AFC side of things inside the East Division when the undefeated New England Patriots play host to the upstart New York Jets. Victor, always a big rivalry between these two football teams. How do you see the Jets and the Patriots shaking out this Sunday? Game of the week in the NFL, uh, for sure. New England, what a nine-point favorite. The over-under line opened at 49. It's come down a point to 48 as we speak, uh, based on the point spread and the over-under line. Anticipated final score, New England right around 28-and-a-half. New York Jets, 19-and-a-half. Jets, 2-and-3 and over-under in the season. Patriots, 3-and-2 over-under on the season. And, Mark, I am going to be going over the total in this game. I'm also going to be using it as our free play over the total. And I got some really nice uh, OU ammo from our playbook database that I'm going to mention a little bit later in the free play segment. But in terms of the series goes, we can't ignore that uh, in the last 11 meetings, the over has gone 8-2-1. and one. Uh, In the last eight games played in New England, there's been six overs, one under, and one tie. Last year was the first under in New England in the last eight seasons. A couple of interesting tidbits in regards to this game. You know, the Patriots are basically in the midst of another revenge tour. Some people are calling it Revenge Tour 2.0. Some are calling it the Gronk U Tour. Uh, basically, it's uh, another revenge tour as they has try to escape the shadows of Deflate Gate. The previous revenge tour was the Spygate Vengeance back in 2007, uh, another year in which the Patriots ended up going to the Super Bowl, I might add. 
This is their first five, uh, their third five and zero start under Tom Brady, and this probably won't surprise you, but they've reached the Super Bowl the previous two times that they started the season five and zero. That was back in two thousand and four and back in two thousand and seven. Patriots winning an average of uh, sixteen points per game. Some would say hell hath no fury like a uh, Patriot scorned. And, yeah, they have fielded some scary offenses over the years. The current group has scored 183 points in just five games. That is the most points in a long, long time, uh, all the way back since 2007. I think a lot of people can remember the scary Brady to Randy Moss tandem back in 2007. He is having another MVP-type season. He didn't throw his first interception of the year until last week. His 118.4 rating leads the NFL. And uh, finally, uh, they're right down the middle in terms of defense, the Patriots. Number 16 in total defense, number 16 in pass defense. That's basically the very definition of average. But the big concern is their run defense. I'm sure you're going to touch about this a little bit, Mark, with your uh, segment as far as the side play goes. But the Patriots are allowing 4.84 yards per rushing attempt. That's 29th in the league. And I would think a guy like uh, Chris Ivory of the New York Jets would definitely appreciate that particular statistic. We're going to be going over this total. I'll have a little more ammunition in the free play segment. But I'm anxious to hear which way you're going as far as the side play mark, the favorite of the dog. Well, take a look at this matchup here, Victor, here. First of all, for the New York Jets, I mentioned upstart Todd Bowles, their new head coach, has done a great job with this football program. He's put new life back into the Jets here, and rightfully so. They've also had a bitter rivalry, if you will, with New England going down and past the years. Take a look at the last seven games in the series. The Jets have taken home the money six times, and in fact, they're 4-1 and one the last five games they played at Foxborough. Coming into this football game, the New York Jets also 8-1 and one to the spread when they're on the road, playing with double revenge exact, that being from the two times New England took them out last year. And the Todd Bowl situation for the New York Jets has really paid off, given the fact that they're the only team in the National Football League this year that has outgained or outstatted every opponent they played on the field this year. That's quite an accomplishment. On the flip side, take a look at the New England Patriots. I mentioned earlier on in the show their perfect start they've gotten out to this football season here. Uh, their only win against a winning team, as I mentioned, was against the 4-2 and two Pittsburgh Steelers. They come into this contest 8-1 and one to the spread of back-to-back non-division games. They are, however, 0-5 to the spread at home when undefeated and hosting the New York Jets. They're also coming off that big Indianapolis deflate gate win. And, you know, as Victor mentioned here, this Gronk tour that they're on this year with this chip on their shoulder here is really paying dividends for backers of the Patriots. It might just continue like it did in 2007 when they opened up 18-0 and before finally losing in the playoffs. But the bottom line here is they are playing a top brand of football with that chip on their shoulder here. To me, I take a look at Tom Brady here off that huge deflate game victory that he wanted so desperately. I do know this, that in the last eight times he's hosted the New York Jets, and the Jets have had the revenge in the football game. Brady is only 1-7 to the spread in those football contests. Just too good of a team for the New York Jets playing too good of football, winning the yards every time they play. The big, huge matchup here, as Victor hit on, is I think the rushing game. You're talking about the New York Jets who are the top rushing team in the National Football League at 146 yards a game. The New England Patriots give it up 114 yards a game on the ground. That's number 22 in the league. I think that edge is huge to the Jets. I'll play them plus the points over New England for my side in this big football game on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, Let's hop out to Las Vegas now. We'll check out the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com to find out what's going on in Sin City this weekend. Andy, how's everything going for you this football season? Everything is going wonderful. A nice mixture of the middle part of the football season with the conclusion of the uh, Major League Baseball season right around the corner. And, of course, right around the corner, the start of college and pro basketball. October, as I say every week, the best month to be a sports fan. 
There's no question about that, Andy, and I'm sure it's hecticness all throughout Las Vegas with the NBA and college basketball opening up soon. The National Hockey League is now underway as well, and now we're moving into the second half of the college football season. The NFL soon to be there as well. Makes for a great time to be in Las Vegas this year, and I know you feel the awful good when you made that move from Arkansas to Vegas. How long ago was it, Andy, you journeyed to Las Vegas from Arkansas? Hard to believe it's been nearly a quarter of a century, but it was oh. the spring of 1991. A lot different. There was no internet uh, back then, and uh, uh, there were uh, you could still find pay phones. <laughs> pay phones. Oh my goodness, those had to go back to the future to check those babies out. <laughs> and I can remember that the, the days of the sports book there, when cell phones did become popular, that uh, they wouldn't let people in the, in the cell phones with or in the sports book with cell phones because a lot of those people they recognize as being beards for some of the sharp players here. But you know, it's all worked itself out here now through the days of the internet. And you know, like it or not, through the internet, we are able to. Uh, to put our hands on a lot of good, useful information. It just depends upon how we use that information. And using it inside the Superbook contest this year, Andy, it looks like uh, another great start here. I know you're keeping us a scoreboard update here on what's going on in the Superbook contest. How do the standings shake out as we visit this week? Well, last week, let me just go over the consensus first. For the second straight week, uh, we did not have a winning record with the consensus two weeks ago. I believe I mentioned it was 2-2-1 uh, two, two, and one. this past week, 1-3-1. and one. Despite that, the consensus is still well above 500, 18-10-2 for the season through six weeks, 30 plays. That's a little bit better than 63%. Interestingly, last week we had two of the biggest one-sided selections in the history of the contest in terms of percentage of players on a single side. 849 contestants were on the New England Patriots laying that 7.5 against New England. That's a little bit more than 49% of the 1,727 entries. We had 768 on the Arizona Cardinals. That's the second straight week that Arizona was a very heavily backed favorite. Two weeks ago, of course, they came through with that big win in Detroit. They could not follow it up with another big win. The 768 people, or just over 44% of the contestants, were on Arizona this past Sunday as they went into Pittsburgh and were upset outright by the Pittsburgh Steelers. For the season, the leader in the contest has a record of 24 Five and one, uh, which is an extraordinary percentage, just a shade under 88%. Four contestants are a half point behind at 24 and six, and in fact, a total of 100 contestants have accumulated 20 out of a possible 30 points, which works out to 66.7%. And you had to have right now 23 points in order to be, excuse me, 20 and a half points to be in the top 50 and ties, which is what the contest pays this year. So still. A very strong start to the season, but as we often see, adjustments being made, not just in the lines, but in the performance of the teams themselves, the hot pace slowing down just a bit, but still so far, we're on a record-setting pace as far as winners are concerned. Well, that hot pace we saw last year really continued most of the season here, at least for the leaders, Andy, and uh, make, it makes uh, a little bit of sense here, obviously, that they're going to take a step back here, especially with those two huge consensus plays going down last week, New England and Arizona. Those are almost automatic two losses for about half the entrance in the contest last week, so perhaps maybe the, the move isn't as strong this year surging forward as it was last, but uh, because of the amount of entries, I'm sure we're going to see some record type setting numbers before the season's end. Andy, talking about the Superbook contest, I know you always fill us in on the advanced lines that Jay Cornegay sends out from the uh, from the Westgate Superbook each week, and uh, comparing those advanced lines to what is actually being out there this week, any noticeable games that you saw on those advanced lines for this weekend? Actually, there are five games that come into play, beginning with, uh, well, we can go over the game that was played Thursday night. Uh, that game actually had Seattle at San Francisco. Last week, Seattle had been a six-point road favorite. When the Lions came out following Sunday's game, Seattle was down to a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. So the books made an adjustment of a point-and-a-half, which is a pretty significant move at this point of the season. And yet the public, within 24 hours, had bet that back up to the line that was posted last week. So the 
public apparently disagreeing initially in the week on that game insofar as the adjustment made by the books. As far as Sunday's games that remain to be played, the Miami Dolphins were one-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Houston Texans last week before uh, the games of Week 6 were played. Of course, Miami had an impressive 38-10 win at Tennessee. Houston also had a very nice win. In fact, they were a uh, counterplay last week as Jacksonville in their game went off as a three-point home favorite. Houston, not as dominating a win as Miami, but still a comfortable win nonetheless. Yet when the game pin came back on the board Sunday evening, Miami moved from a one-and-a-half-point favorite. They were then installed as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and that game has moved further in the direction of Miami uh, in the uh, first several days of betting action of the week. The game between Tampa Bay and Washington, the Redskins were a six-point favorite last week when play was over this past weekend, and of course Tampa Bay was on its bye. Washington had uh, a rather tough loss, an ugly loss, let's say, at the Jets. The revised line came out with uh, Washington a four-point favorite, and the early action in that game actually said that adjustment was not enough, as Washington was bet down to just a three-point favorite. New Orleans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts opened a six-and-a-half-point, or more, excuse me, a six-and-a-half-point favorite last week in the advanced line. Well, their competitive effort against the against the New England Patriots on Sunday night, when that game came back on the board Monday morning, the Colts were down to a four-point favorite. However, they have been bet up to a five to five-and-a-half point, and now down slightly to about a four-and-a-half point favorite uh, against uh, the New Orleans Saints. And finally, the Dallas at New York Giants game. Dallas, of course, on their bye last week. Last week, the Giants were six-point home favorites. Now, they came back up on the board on uh, Sunday evening. A little bit of an adjustment, despite that the Giants had yet to play the Monday night game, and they were made a five-point favorite. Early action before the game went off the board on Monday actually drew that down to four-and-a-half. Giants, of course, played that ugly game against Philadelphia Monday night. Yet the books put the back uh, the Giants right back up as a five-point home favorite on Tuesday morning. It didn't take very long for the betters to say we didn't like what we saw in the Giants. And despite the injuries to Dallas, uh, the early money came in so that the Giants were down to a three-and-a-half-point favorite, whereas they were a six-point favorite a week ago. Thinking, Andy, perhaps a little bit of that move in the Giant game might also have been Largely due to the fact that it's been confirmed Matt Castle will start for Dallas as opposed to Brandon Whedon, who's been a money burner, if you will, losing straight up into the spread of his last 11 starts in the National Football League. So I think it is, as you mentioned, a combination of that and the fact that the Giants laid a big egg on national television in that football game against Philadelphia. Victor, I know you got a question you'd like to run by Andy on the show this week as well. Yeah, I wanted to get Andy's thoughts on the game across the pond, if I can. This looks uh, the it appears to be what the second of three London games that will be played, as the Bills will be taking the Jaguars. Uh, kickoff nine thirty Eastern uh, USA time. My question to Andy is: the line appears to be rising in this particular game, and I read an interview at ESPN, their website with a sleep deprivation expert. And this guy said there is a big-time advantage for the Buffalo Bills this week because they flew into London a full six days ahead of time. They got into London sometime on Monday, while Jacksonville is not going to fly into London until sometime on Friday. They're going to have less than 48 hours to get used to the significant extreme time change a time change that we see a lot here in the NFL when a West Coast team flies over to the East Coast and crosses over three time zones, and these teams do tend to struggle. Your opinion on uh, that type of advantage? Is it an advantage this week for Buffalo? Is that why the line's rising? Well, it's an interesting thought because Jacksonville has played in London the last right. two years, so they're actually used to playing over in England, and yet uh, they've not had very good success over there, so maybe they've changed their plans. I don't recall when they went over there last, uh, the last two years. They suffered one-side losses uh, in, those, in those two games. Buffalo, as I recall this week, actually, I, I believe they left Sunday night not too long after mm -hmm. their game against Cincinnati, and that may have actually played a part in what seemed to be a subpar 
more effort. They maybe were a little bit distracted with all the last-minute plans and things that had to be done. Uh, but it should serve Buffalo much better because, yes, they will have had nearly a full week to get acclimated to the time change, to the procedures, etc. over there. At the same time, as I mentioned, Jacksonville, having played there in the last two years, should know what's uh, in store uh, for them over there. Because, as I said, also, it hasn't been a very successful experience the last two years. So I can understand the early money coming in on Buffalo. And, yes, I believe it may be more related to the travel considerations than the uh, actual handicap of the game. Although I wouldn't be surprised if later in the week, as game time approaches, if we see money coming in on the Buffalo, uh, excuse me, on the Jacksonville Jaguars once that line hits and stays at seven. Maybe maybe soon to be, guys, the London Jaguars if the National <laughs> Football League has, has their way. But one other note, Andy uh, and Victor, with regards to the Buffalo-Jacksonville situation, and we hit on this in the Playbook newsletter a bit this week, is that in the database I tore down the games of teams that are playing in London. And surprisingly, the, the team that has the better record has fared really well in games in London, especially as a favorite. You're a better record. You're the favorite in the contest in London. Those teams are 8-0. and Straight up in six and two to the spread, that also favors Buffalo, along with that time travel situation that Victor called out in the football game as well. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. I encourage you to check out his website, TheLogicalApproach.com, where you can download Andy's weekly football newsletter. And Andy, if you would, let our listeners know how they can email to get in touch with you if they got any questions about your services and what it is exactly Andy Isco does. Yeah, the best way to reach me by email would be at Logical7, that's L-O-G-I-C-A-L, the numeral 7, Logical7 at Cox.net, that's C-O-X, the cable company, and I'll be able to uh, respond to folks that way, the easiest, and of course the website, TheLogicalApproach.com, and they can get further information if they want to see a sample of a, of a newsletter from a, from a previous issue, etc., they can visit me there. Well, as our listeners know, Andy likes to tear games down statistically. He does a great job inside the Logical Approach Weekly Football Newsletter. He called that out last week with his yards per play, uh, calling out college football teams that maybe were a little favored but ranked a little bit low on the yards per point side of thing. But, Andy, before I get your complimentary play, i got to ask you this question. I know you used Michigan State as your complimentary play on the show last week. Inside your statistical numbers, did it show anything about a botched punt at the end of the football game? No, although I tried to do some research to find out how they came up with that zero well, 0.02% chance of winning. <laughs> to me, that seemed a little bit high. It was about as, as it couldn't be much more than a, than a hair above 0.0, only because there was still time left on the clock. It was one of the more amazing plays in college football, and I know there have been comparisons ever since that game as to what play rivals that as far as unpredictability or unbelievability, and it's uh, probably only uh, the number can be counted on one hand. I'm sure it can be. You can talk about the, you know, the use uh, the uh, Stanford Cal game with the marching band and the and the kick six Alabama Auburn games. I think those come right into mind about the finishes of college football games. And that game we saw against Michigan, Michigan State is obviously right up there amongst those teams. Andy, your complimentary play on the football show this week before I let you go. I'm going to go to the game between uh, Miami and Houston. The uh, uh, Dolphins are in a very critical spot right now. They have three straight tough road games coming up next. And we should see perhaps if there's going to be a carryover effort from the uh, impressive effort uh, last week under Dan Campbell, the interim coach for the Miami Dolphins. We saw the Dolphins play their best football game, not just of this season, but probably of the last few seasons, especially when it comes down to defense. Houston, they got a nice win, a 31-20 win. It was actually 31, I believe, 14. Uh, but it was also a 14-10 to 10 Jacksonville lead at the end of the three quarters. So Houston did much of their damage in the fourth quarter. I still believe that uh, uh, there's a quarterback issue with Houston. I'm not sure that it's going to get any easier because you've now got a very confident defense uh, playing for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, made some, some key changes from what uh, Joe Philbin had run prior to his being uh, let go following the Dolphins game in Miami. Miami about a four, four-and-a-half point favorite over Houston. It's a number to be laying, but I think if we take a look at the, both teams. Uh, Miami considered to be a contender. Actually, both teams considered to be contenders for wild cards at the start of the season. There's still plenty of time for the Miami Dolphins to turn things around. Again, three tough road games up next, including two within the division. I think this becomes a critical game for Miami, and I'm going to look for that carryover effect of the impressive performance last week to take care of a Houston team that continues to be very unimpressive on both sides of the football. Andy Isco cites the schedule and the new impetus 
with the Miami Dolphins regarding their new head coach. He's going to ride them this week off their big impressive victory last week. Miami minus the points against the Houston Texans for Andy Seid in that football game. Andy, once again, a terrific job on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week, and I look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Gentlemen, have a great weekend. May all the games go your way. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com with our weekly Vegas vibe on the football show this week. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to put the final wraps on this edition of the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, Victor and I, with our complimentary plays as well. When we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread right after this brief commercial break. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the show this week, and it comes directly from the Playbook Football Newsletter this week, my Bet You Didn't Know featured column. We call it Tumbling Dice. And what we're looking to do is to play on any 400 or less college football home team who is 0-3 straight up into the spread in the last three football games if this struggling team won 10 or more games last season. This is a buy sign for these football teams, given the fact that they're 24-9 and against the spread in this particular role. This week we'll be playing on Georgia Tech when they play host to Florida State for our tumbling dice, awesome angle, play of the week on the show this week. And Victor, before I hand it off to you, I want to remind our listeners out there once again, that mybookie.ag is the only offshore sports book that I, Mark Lawrence, personally recommend. For fast, friendly, toll-free customer service, I encourage you to give them a call at 1-855-612-BETS. That's 1-855-612-2387. For mybookie.ag, mention Mark Lawrence in the playbook and find out exactly what you'll get in free bonuses when you make the call. And, Victor, making the call, your complimentary play, if you would, on the show this week and what you've got on tap at King Creel Sports this weekend as well. Absolutely, Mark. You've been promoting your five-star college game of the month, which goes on Saturday. Best of luck with that one. We'll see if we can, uh, if you can continue that month of October in which the late phone service plays have gone 12, 2, and 1 against the spread. It's been a very good season for us in the NFL and we got a game we're promoting, our five-star NFL game of the month. And, yes, it's an over-under selection. And, yes, it's an over. We're going to be posting it online at playbook.com as early as Thursday evening this week. And I'm anticipating the same result 
as last week when our four-star over of the week hit as well. That game was on over 45 points in the Lions-Bears game. And it's always a great feeling when your four-star over of the week also happens to be the highest-scoring game of the NFL. And that game was the highest-scoring game. 37-34 to 34 was the final score. 71 points. The over cashed two minutes into the fourth quarter. And that makes it, for our service, a perfect 3-0 and this month in four-star or five-star best bets. These best bets have gone 5-1 and on the season. Again, we're anticipating the same result this week. We did not talk about this particular game in this week's totals tip sheet. We intentionally left it out, but it will be up at playbook.com on Thursday evening. We talked about the Jets-Patriots game over the total. That is our free play of the week. I've basically been uh, patiently waiting all season to pound the Patriots over, and that time is now. You know, this is the only game on the week's schedule in which both teams are ranked in the top 10 in offensive yards per game. Of course, we touched on the fact that New England leads the NFL in scoring at 37 points per game. But don't forget the Jets' offense at 26 points per game, number seven in the league. They have improved by a full touchdown from last season in which they were averaging 18 points per game. Last week we mentioned, and in fact we loaded up on the undefeated teams going over the total, and we're going to do so again, 9-0 and over under. Game six or greater undefeated favorites of a touchdown or more like the Patriots versus any 400 or greater division opponent in the Jets. Of course, the Patriots, yeah, they've scored a lot of points. In fact, they're in, in their last four games, they've scored 40, 51, 30, and 34 points. In the last six years, uh, NFL home favorites, again, of a touchdown or more who scored 30 or more points in each of their last four games, like the Patriots, have gone a perfect 6-0 and to the over. For the visitors, the uh, Jets, uh, there's a very big line swing in this game. They were big favorites last week of a touchdown to Washington, and they're getting a touchdown or more this particular week. This has gone 7-0 and to the over in the last four years. Underdogs of seven or points who were a favorite of seven or more in their last game. Uh, last week, the Jets had a pretty low over-under line in that game against Washington of 39.5 points, and this week's over-under line is almost 10 points higher, currently around 48 as we touched on briefly in our NFL segment, 5-0 and over-under last four years. Game 14 or less road teams with an over-under line of 48 or more coming off a game in which the over-under line was less than 40 points. I cannot ignore the fact that New England has been the best home over team in the league versus the AFC. The Patriots have gone 22-5 and over-under as conference home faves of 10 or less points. That includes 11-1 and to the over when the over underline is 47 or greater points. Final score in this game, 33-28 to 28 Jets-Patriots over the total. And, Mark, good luck with your college game of the month this Saturday. Our NFL game of the month will be an over, and it'll be posted on the website on Thursday evening. Likewise, Victor, right back at you. And i got to say, I love that stat. Dogs, or teams who were dogs of seven or more. Mm-hmm. Last game, or, or dogs of seven or more this game, I should say, who were favorites of seven or more the previous game, seven and zero over the last four years. That's a triple seven beauty inside that New England New York Jets football matchup. And once again, I encourage your listeners to get on board for the Kings NFL five star over play of the month, available online at playbook.com. Is it this Thursday, Victor? You'll be posting that play. Absolutely, Thursday evening on the website. Thursday evening, get down on the five star over from the King this weekend. Before I get to my complimentary play on the show, I want to remind our listeners once again that my five-star college football game of the month will kick off this Saturday. It's right on the heels of our perfect system game of the year winner last week when we used Michigan State. It was the same complimentary play I used in our rundown game for our game of the week. Our perfect system club people found out exactly what the perfect system was inside that game. I delivered the money. and We've also got a season-ending special on the perfect system club. You can get on board for the rest of the perfect system club plays from now through the end of the regular season for just $149 complete. When you call toll-free at 1-800-321-7777, you can do that. And also sign up for our five-star college football game of the month weekend of winners 
for just $99 complete. Once again, you can log on at playbook.com or give us a call toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the college football card Saturday. I'm going to stay inside the Big Ten Conference this week when we grab up the points with the Fighting Illini of Illinois who have played to a nice 4-2 and two record thus far this season under interim coach Bill Cubitt, who I think will be hired as a full-time coach come next football season. He's done a great job with this football program here. He's taking on a Wisconsin football team that amazingly, under first-year head coach Paul Christ, has been outrushed in their three Big Ten football games they played this season by an average of 38 yards per game. Amazingly, Wisconsin outrushed Inside the Big Ten Conference and Conference games this year, you'd have never thought that. You're not sure when Brett Bielema was there, but it's Paul Chris, the head coach now for Wisconsin. Wisconsin also 0-6 to the spread as a road favorite of 14 or fewer points when they're taking on a rested football team. I like rested homecoming home dogs, especially teams that have won nine of the last ten games straight up on their home field. That's the Illinois Fighting Illini of Illinois. I'll take them plus the points against Wisconsin for my complimentary play on the show this week. That's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.